With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. And we're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP in your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And finally, we're brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is DFS simplified. Head on over to PrizePix.com and use promo code SGP for an instant 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. And of course... Remember, before we start this episode, to download the SGPN app because it's your home for all of our free picks, podcast news, so much more right there in the palm of your hand. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Hi, yo, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 87. This has to obviously go out to the World Series champion, Atlanta Braves. Who, who would have thought that would happen this year after all the injuries they had? And after my associate co-host went to game five and jinxed them, but they came through for him in, in game six. I think mostly because I didn't mention anything about them um, since since game five, so... This goes out to the Braves, like I said. Uh, I would be your host, Jeff Fox, coming from to you from the great white north of Canada where we've had snow flurries the past two days, which sucks because it's just starting of November. But, hey, I guess that's what we're uh, – that's the stereotype, right? Um, but we're not going to talk about the weather. We're not going to talk about – well, we'll probably talk about baseball because someone will want to talk about baseball. But we're mostly here to talk about people punching and kicking and how you can win money on that. Um before I introduce my associate host, in case you didn't hear, um, for some reason they canceled last night's Contender Series event, so it actually didn't happen. <laughs> they ended up only having nine nine weeks this year for some reason, so um, none of uh, that uh, aforementioned associate host uh, picks uh, came through last night because they actually didn't have the event. So I don't know why. It's weird. Um, if you did see it on, uh, on, I think it was like from a previous season or something, whatever they showed last night, so... Um, this aforementioned associate host I'm speaking of, uh, what can I tell you? We used to call him the contender series soothsayer. Um, I think he got his Tuesdays and Saturdays mixed up this week. That's what I'm guessing. Um, he's also the Danimal. He's also the, uh, Atlanta Braves biggest booster. He would be the one, the only Daniel Gumby Breland. So, so, so many things to say after that introduction. Yes. Number one, right they ahead. won. They won despite you attempting to jinx them. So <laughs> I didn't do anything about the, Game Six. The jinx uh, is only for Game Five. That's true. The jinx is on for Game Five. Um, and second of all, I'm just gonna do the really quickest rundown of Contender Series because, despite the fact that I did go 0 five after being seemingly uh, untouchable uh, beforehand. I will say, I think my analysis on just about every single pick was solid. Hear me out on this one. Uh, Ziva Shang uh, looked good on the feet and absolutely peppered Juan Puerta when he didn't wrestle. And for some reason, he was the one initiating the wrestling. Uh, So, like, I said he would beat him on the feet. If he chose not to wrestle, he chose to wrestle. Um, Kanan Kawahe uh, beat the hell out of Jonas Villarino. Uh, I thought he was winning the fight. I thought he was going to win the fight. Takes a spinning heel cook to the brain with a minute to go. Uh, certainly no shame in that. He shouldn't have lost that fight. Um, Lun Kui, I actually, am I wrong in thinking Lun Kui was winning that fight? I, I yeah. was watching. It I was, was a watching, close one for sure. Yeah, he he definitely won round three. And for some reason I had him having won round one. So when the score heard came, I was surprised. 
Regardless, if you get a plus 400 favorite or a plus 400 underdog that close, I don't think it's a bad pick in the long run. I said Justin Burlington really composed, and as long as he stayed composed and didn't get sucked into Johan Lainese's fight, he'd win the fight. Boom, got sucked into Johan Lainese's fight, knocked out in 90 seconds. Um, and then uh, Achilles Esther Murda, I'm not quite sure what happened here. Machine looked good, I guess. He, he looked better than I thought. I thought his hands were too right. low in previous iterations. They do still seem a little too low, but he does seem to be making big improvements. So I'll say that's the one I'm with on. I didn't give him enough credit, but uh, yeah, over five. And uh, you guys can have a year to think about that because uh, I, I won't make picks on Tuesday again for a whole year. Oh no, we're, we're got to come up with something. Well, Tuesday, this is true. We're going to have to come up with some other money making scheme now, Dan, because people uh, hopefully didn't uh, invest every everything that they earned uh, off of you this season uh, on last night. But um, we'll have to come up with some kind of regional thing, or, or we'll find some other money making thing. But uh, Dana was a little. Uh, little grumpy last night wasn't he he only gave you know, we, two contracts i keep hearing that but you know what dude the, that was dana of every other i know season. Yes. That yes. Was, and he was right too like who in their right mind would have given juan puerta uh you know like he juan oh. puerta is good first of all but like why would you give juan puerta a contract after that kind of performance where he got he was up two rounds to none right and then got peppered on the feet like badly uh he, st- he stopped trying that's the main and, part yeah, yeah. So, like, who would give him a contract? Jonas uh, Biller, Bill, Bill Harino. Uh, we're going to try 100 times to say that. And uh, he was bad. He was objectively yeah. bad the whole fight and landed a spinning heel kick. And, yes, that has earned a ton of people contracts before in the past, even before season five. But, like, he did not deserve one either. And, but like I just said about uh, Erickson, like, I didn't think he was winning that fight either. So, um, yeah, like, why would any of those guys get contracts? Uh, yep. it, w- it was crazy. So, yeah, I, I think he made the right choice. Two was the right number for week 10. Um, you know, pat on the back to him. Yep. Very, very true. Dana White actually did something right for once. So, imagine that. And see how quick we, we rip through uh, contender series when Dan doesn't have anything to gloat about. So, just like that, we're done. He, no one else wants to hear about the contender series. Uh, Dan had a very good run. Do you know what your overall record was? Um, so I'm, let's see, I was 0-5 in that last one. I was th- uh, 4-2 and two in the second to last one. That brings me to, was that, 4-7? Four 4-7, and seven. Seven, yeah. And then the seven weeks preceding that, I was, uh, or no, the six weeks preceding that, I was 24-6. Uh, so that's so, uh, 28 and 13? 28 and 13. Right. Not, not bad at all. Not bad at all. My calculator says that's 68%. That's not too shabby. That's no. all right. Yeah, and, and a couple of nice-sized dogs in there, too. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Dan's going to uh, make it all up to you. for If any of you lost any serious money last night, we're, Dan's going to make it up to you with this uh, stacked UFC 268 card. We're going to talk about it in one sec. But first, WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, in Indiana. Michigan, online sports betting casino play, exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. And they also have some bonuses for y'all. New users can bet a dollar to win 180 sport. Plus, you can get up to 1500 bucks as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. Whatever your wager is, WinBet will match it 200%. For example, you bet 100 they'll give you $200 free bet. Max wager that they match would be 750 bucks, so we'll give you a $1,500 match. And I'm guessing from when I've asked you this in the past, Dan, you're you're going to spend the bonus or do the bonus stuff on probably the Bulls, and they've been they've been paying off pretty good this year. They they're they are losing tonight, so I won't say. Are the they Bulls, okay? I won't say the Bulls tonight. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who's playing tomorrow. Your Phoenix Suns are playing tomorrow. Yeah. And, yep. Who are they playing tomorrow? Um, Oh, Houston, I think. So that's that's an easy. That's that's a slam dunk right there, everyone. There, there you things. go. Get, get in on that and get on whatever the spread is on that because I'm sure it's like negative nine. Yeah, probably. Um, and obviously do that at WinBet because they got great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now over at WinBet from boosted parlays to live in-game odds and every major sport. We have, they have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free one thousand dollars sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. All right, let's get down to this. We're we're spoiled. We've got back-to-back 
pay-per-view level um, since last week technically was. Oh, actually, it was a pay-per-view in Canada. What a rip-off. I didn't know that's the last one. <laughs> it was a pay-per-view up here. What a That's joke. not a fun surprise at all. No, it's not. <laughs> not at all. Um, usually, like, in, like, out of U.S. markets, everything seems to be free for everybody else. But, yeah. Anyhow, this one is a legit pay-per-view. It's the UFC's annual November visit to Madison Square Gardens in New York City. Um, <laughs> someone's changed the Wikipedia page. It says UFC 268, Duffy versus Volante. Is, <laughs> why, why Duffy? Duffy's not even on the card. Oh, yeah, why would they change it to that? That's a weird one. It, it isn't the, oh, the running joke is um, John Volante one time was uh, rumored to be booked with Todd Duffy. Yeah. Um. And it somehow that randomly got like uh. It was like an internet joke. Uh, okay. Afterwards, that like people just squeeze that onto every Wikipedia card. Um. Now and and wait for somebody to notice it and take it off. Well, I um, noticed, but I'm not taking. Yeah. It off. Yeah, but it's <laughs> it's the headliner now, which is yeah, the, it is the headliner. They they went um, a little harder in the paint this time. They did. It's actually Usman versus Covington too. We're actually getting two. Rematches that we probably really don't need to get. You know, I don't know. We'll see. Um, uh, your thoughts on on um, handicapping this card, making your picks. How, how did it go for you? Uh, I was – I will be honest. So, obviously, we are a show that likes to dig for some underdogs, likes to find some people to play. I had a little bit of trouble finding anybody with, with numbers that I liked. I, I didn't too. find I didn't find a lot of underdogs that I liked, um, and then I started to ask myself, "Am I forcing myself yep. to pick underdogs here?" And that, that's never a good yeah. feeling. So uh, I would say ultimately bad. Yeah, if if you and I both had trouble finding underdogs, we're, we're probably on the, on the right path. That means then usually uh, if one of us was finding dogs, then we may have an issue. So uh, this card early prelims are on ESPN Plus and UFC Fight Pass. It's at 6 p.m. Eastern, and then the main card, as per usual, pay-per-views will be 8 p.m. Uh, this time it's on ESPN News and ESPN Plus, and then the main card is pay-per-view at 10. As per usual, we start at the bottom and work our way to the top, just like Drake claims that he did. Um, flyweights, Carlos Vergara, you can call him CJ, uh, is what he goes by. Um, he is fighting Ode Osborne. Um, and like I said, this will be up flyweight. You never know with Osborne. He's been all over the place. Um, Osborne's a Jamaican sensation, and Vergara is CJ. Before we get into it, do you know much about Vergara since he is a uh, debuting fighter here? Well, he's a debuting fighter, but he was on the contender series a few short weeks ago. So, he uh, was. Yeah, like he, he was, I, I want to say it was F or C or. Yep. Had to have been like episode two, episode three? Summer, of yeah. Season? Uh, enough for me to already forget, but yes. Yes, he was a contender series. He won via knockout. Um, overall, he is 9-2-1 with six knockouts. This, Like I said, this will be his official UFC debut after winning on the contender series. He was the FFC champ. Do you know FFC, Dan? Is that the one? In, it's like a Midwestern one? I'm not sure where it is. I think it's Fury Fighting Championship, I think. Does that sound right? If Fury Fury FC is in Texas. Oh, yeah. If Fury, it's Fury. Fury FC. Okay, oh, well, maybe it is. That's, that's the one that just uh, got, no. recently got big. Okay, uh, FF, yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, final fight, maybe? I don't know. He, he was FF, FFC oh, he champ, okay? I can't remember. He wasn't He was in Fury, and that was is the Fury? one in Texas. Yep, I'm looking. It's in Fury now. There you go. Yeah. There you go. We're both right. We're both right. All right. Uh, he's three times more active striking than Osborne, but that's based off of one fight on the contender series for him. So small sample size, indeed. Plus 145, uh, the Jamaican sensation, one and two in the UFC. He's got a loss, win, loss. He lost his last fight via knockout. He's won on the contender series also. He's fought everywhere all the way up to uh, featherweight. He's fought featherweight, bantamweight, and this one's flyweight. He's got an inch of height, five inches of reach, grappling stats in his favor. Once again, small sample size, minus 185. I'm, I want to lean to the dog in this one, but I'm not positive. I want to hear your breakdown. I'm leaning toward Vergara because Osborne hasn't really, despite his obvious physical gifts and enormous size for flyweight, he hasn't totally... Uh, proved himself to be a Jamaican sensation in my eyes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with you on this one. I, I think this is okay. one of the spots where I feel comfortable enough taking the dog. And, and I think if you go back and listen to our breakdown of uh, Vergara or my written breakdown of Vergara when he fought Bruno Silva on the Contender Series, or uh, not Bruno Silva, uh, Bruno Souza is fighting later on. Bruno yes. Korea yes. is who he fought. And there are two Bruno Silvas in the UFC. Yep. So Bruno Korea, when he fought Bruno Korea, I said, 
Korea is just like a flashier striker, a better striker from distance. Pretty much the only thing Vergara can do to win is to get inside and be super aggressive, and he just doesn't seem to be that type of person. And then immediately he was that type of person. He got right in Bruno Korea's face, threw some mean knees, like mixed it up in the clinch, just like was like a wild man and got in his face in there. And like for me, that was the only thing holding him back from being like a like a you know a quote unquote a killer, right? Like he was winning fights. A killer fights. and a savage. Yeah, killer, savage, beast, whatever you want to use. But like he, the only thing stopping him from being that previously was just like his aggression and his ability to go for that. And he showed that he is willing to do that in his last fight. He looked much better doing it. And I also think that's a recipe for disaster for Ode or Osborne, right? Like somebody who will get in his face. While he is really long, he's not particularly great at using that length. Um, no. The only win he's got is over Jerome Rivera, who's 0-4 uh, and then was released by the UFC. So, yeah, like I, I like Vergara's aggression here. I like his knockout power. You know, the fact that Osborne has recently been knocked out. It's definitely not an easy fight to pick and handicap no. because it's a small sample of seeing this like new and improved Vergara. But yeah, I, I like him as dog money here. Let's do it. Plus one forty-five. Get that plus money, people, because um, there may not be too many chances on this card. Uh, featherweights: Melsic Bagdazarian versus another newcomer, the aforementioned, as I've already said twice in this podcast, Bruno Souza. Souza is the tiger, and Bagdazarian is the gun. So, who usually wins when a gun? Goes up against a tiger, Dan. We all know. Um, <laughs> let's tell you about Sousa first. This is his short notice debut in the UFC. Um, he's 10 and 1 as a pro, one knockout, two submissions. He's won 10 straight fights, so he lost his debut, won 10 straight. He was the LFA champion uh, heading into this. Um, inch taller than Bagdazarian, four years younger, plus 240. Bagdazarian, the gun, six and one, five knockouts, one and all in the UFC. He won via TKO, one and all in the contender series. He's won six straight fights. He also lost his debut and has won six straight. He has missed weight in the past because he used to fight, uh, and he used to fight a weight class off at lightweight. So you would expect him probably to be the bigger guy here, um, at least weight wise. Uh, he also was a pro kickboxer, nine and two, champion kickboxer, and three and all as a pro boxer, minus 325. What can you tell me about Souza before we break it? down our pits here um so Souza is, is kind of fun to watch um like from range he does a, a pretty damn good job with like this I don't want to call it necessarily a karate stance but his hands are low and he kind of like flicks his strikes out pretty quickly but he's not like that light karate stance and he's not like real big on the kicks he's also really good in the clinch with elbows and I do enjoy his submission skills the thing I'm just not terribly impressed about is his wrestling skills. Like, I think his wrestling skills are kind of subpar, which, uh, you know, Melzik Mel- Dazarian has shown kind of like he could stuff, like, rudimentary takedowns and force people to strike with him. And if that's the case here, while I like a lot of what Suja does, I just don't think he's as good as Melzik Bagdazarian. Um, so I'm going to go with Bagdazarian here. I think he outstrikes him and, and takes care of him pretty easily. Wouldn't be surprised to see a knockout. We might might dig for a knockout prop later on. All right. He's is my pick also. You don't want to uh, have your hands low against a pro kickboxer. So, yes. Bagdazarian is the pick. Uh, moving on. Light heavyweights. Another short notice guy. Dustin Jacoby versus John Allen. Uh, Jacob, Jacoby just stepped in earlier this week against uh, because Alexa Kamer could not take this fight. Um, and then Souza, I should mention, he's stepping in for TJ Laramie, who got a MRSA infection, can't step in uh, or couldn't fight either. And I think that's the only last-minute ones we have on this card. So, um, all right, so light heavyweights, like I said, Dustin Jacoby and John Allen. Allen is the hunter. Jacoby is the hanyak, which I think we talked about this before. It's some kind of soldier somewhere, right? Turkish soldier or some kind of soldier, I think. Yeah, I, I think it, in general it means like like little hooligan or something like that. Oh right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like as a yeah, yeah. Okay, Hunter versus a hooligan. Uh, John Allen, thirteen to six with one no contest, nine knockouts, three submissions. He's been subbed four times himself. He's zero and one with one no contest in the UFC. His no contest uh, stem was a win, but he failed a drug test, so it got turned to a no contest. He was 0-1 in the Contender Series. He's five years younger. Striking and active striking stats in his favor, plus 260. And then Jacoby, 15-5-1, 10 knockouts, one submission. 3-2-1 in the UFC over two stints, but his most recent stint, the current one, he's 3-0-1. Um, 
He's on a nice little run here. Um, he won via TKO his last fight. He also was on the contender series where he was went 1-0. He used to fight at middleweight. Um, as I said, this is a very short notice fight for him. Like We're talking like less than a week. Uh, he was 0-2 in Bellator, 0-1 in World Series of Fighting. He was the Cage Fury champion. He also was a pro kickboxer, 10-8, and, and a pro boxer, 1-0. Two inches of height, one inch of reach. Grappling sets in his favor, minus 350. Uh, is Jacoby good enough to overcome the short notice? Like He's my pick. Um, you think he's good enough to overcome the short notice to, to beat John Allen here? I, I really do. Yeah, I, I'm not really impressed with John Allen. Uh, no. You know, like you mentioned, he's coming off of a, a split decision loss to Roman Delize, right? Um, have Have you seen the 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 MMA decision scores on that fight by chance? No, All I, right, I don't so. usually hang out Roman Delize's page, but go on. <laughs> Hang on one second. I'm just I'm gonna do some counting on air, which is not ever fun radio. We do it almost every episode though. All right, nineteen media members scored the Roman Delize versus John Allen fight. Uh do you wanna guess how many of those had Delize thirty twenty seven? Eighteen. That's correct. And there oh, is wow. there is one that didn't, and it's because he had it thirty twenty six for Roman Delize. Oh man. <laughs> so, was Adelaide Bird on that fight? Um let's see. Chris <laughs> Lee. Close, close Chris second. Lee. It was Chris yeah. Lee who gave it to him. So like it goes down as a split decision. He got absolutely brutalized by Roman Delize. Um but like also in addition to that, like that fight, Roman Delize just out striking him. Roman Delize a power puncher. So, like, if you didn't get knocked out by Roman Delize, but you still managed to lose to Roman Delize, that's not a good sign. Um, especially if you're going to fight somebody like Justin, Dustin Jacoby, who is just, like, absolutely positively a far better kickboxer. Um, yeah. I'm not particularly worried about the amount of short notice he got because he seems to be a guy who, I mean, like, he used to be able to make 170, right? And now he's making, yeah. or, you know, 185 maybe it was. Um, yeah, it was like he, yeah, he's he's a little bit bigger now but like I think he is still like a slightly smaller light heavyweight so I'm not real worried about the the weight cut I think he's gonna just absolutely pepper John Allen and and take care of business here there you go we're on the same page this event thus far all right the main event of the early prelims is the aforementioned three times I said it Gian Volante he's fighting at heavyweight now because he he (laughs) kind of of let himself go he's fighting it huh Kind chunky of let guy. Go? Kind yeah, of like this is, chunky guy. This is very uh, much a chunky guy. It's a and he's fighting Chris chunky. Barnett. I don't think Chris Barnett's really let himself go because he used to be super heavyweight. Now he's got to cut down to 265. So I don't think he, I don't think really really say he no, let himself go. No, he he's fit. Yep, he's fit. He's Huggy Bear and Beast Boy, but we'll, we'll call him Huggy Bear because it's better. Um, we'll give Volante. Volante can be Beast Boy. He doesn't have a nickname. All right, this one's pretty much a pick 'em on the boards. We will tell you about. Um, Mr. Huggy Bear, Chris Barnett first. He's 21 and 7, 16 knockouts. He's been knocked out himself three times. 0-1 in the UFC, 0-1 Ryzen. He also was a pro kickboxer and pro boxer. Um, based on their previous weigh-ins, Volante will be 20 pounds heavier than him. No, wait, sorry. Excuse me. Barnett will be 20 pounds heavier than Volante. Um, Volante's not that bad. Uh, he's more active striker, but that's based on one fight. Minus 106. Uh, Volante is 17-13, 10 knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out himself five times. 7-10 and 10 in the UFC. He's won three straight. He's won one of five, and he's won three of ten. So he's on a nice run here. He's on a, um, on a what's that guy, Smiling Sam, uh, Albie type of run here. Um, he was the ROC 205-pound champ and the heavyweight champ. Do you, do you know ROC, Dan? Yeah, it's his ring of combat. Ring of combat. There you go. You're, you're <laughs> on fire today. He used to fight at light heavyweight for most of his career, but like I said, he's, he's moving on up. Six inches, uh, half a foot taller than Barnett, six inches taller. One inch of reach only, though. Uh, striking and grappling stats in his favor, but that is only based on one fight sample for Barnett. Minus 125. Uh, I'm leaning Barnett because I can't trust Volante anymore. No, he looks terrible at land yes. or at heavyweight, right? Like he looks, He's going to get in a sloppy slugfest, and I don't think that's a good idea. Well, and also, it, it should be noted here, Chris Barnett should have way better cardio in this fight. Yeah, right, like, he's despite, used to be a fat guy. Yeah, and, and despite how he looks, he's always had pretty good cardio, right? Like, he, yeah. he he's never been particularly bad at cardio. His big downfalls in his career have been uh, that sometimes he's a little too flashy. Sometimes he gets taken down, um, and, and he's always a lot smaller than his opponents. So those are his big things. Volante, not like a master of distance, um, not a guy who's going to shoot a takedown. Um, I, actually, I take that back. He did take down 
uh, Maurice Green at heavyweight and then just, like, fell asleep on top of him uh, and then got tapped out. Um, so like Blood sugar dropped, right? Yeah, I, I, you can call it whatever I gotta you want. I got to have a nap. Yeah, he just looked like he had had too much Thanksgiving dinner uh, and just decided that that was where he's going. And look, like, he's just coming off of losing to a guy who's big and fat and uh, slightly faster <laughs> than him and slightly better technical striker than him and has better cardio than him and Jake Collier. Chris Barnett is all those things. I, I'm I'm not only picking Chris Barnett here, I feel pretty good about it too. Yeah, I think you picked him in his debut also, even though he was like a minus, a plus 10 billion underdog, did you not? Yeah, but he looked good striking against Ben <laughs> Rothwell. I mean, yeah. like he got go-go choked, and that's I, I'm pretty sure I said it at the end of the episode. Like, if you're going to take a prop, take Ben Rothwell by submission, he'll probably submit yeah. him. Uh, and he did. Uh, and that, that, like I said, that's kind of always been his issue. Is just that like he'll get subbed by a guy who's you know good at submissions. Did you say prop, Dan? I did you say prop. prop. Did you? It's weird that you said that. You know, what, you know what makes me think of prop swap. Uh, prop, prop swap. I was gonna say prop swap. Yeah, exactly. Because we're brought to you by Prop Swap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. It says MLB playoffs are in full swing, but no, they're not. The Atlanta Braves took care of that last night. They put. The world, the uh, MLB playoffs too bad. So, um, but all all baseball season long, prop swappers were finding the best odds in the country because they were buying directly from other betters, just like you and I, other betters. Hopefully, people didn't get rid of their tickets on the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series. So, if you want prop prop swap and you use promo code SGP on your first deposit, prop swap will double it up to five hundred bucks. People keep giving you free money on all these things. It's amazing. Um, double the cash means double the odds. And if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. Off props and on to a much-heralded newcomer, welterweights, Ian Gary versus Jordan Williams. Ian Gary would be the the uh, much-heralded newcomer, the future, versus Bomaye Williams. I remember we went through his nickname last time, and it was uh, Muhammad Ali he's copying. So, you know what Bomaye means, though, Dan? It means kill him in, yes. in Swahili? I yes. think it's Swahili. So, like, Metallica's first album could have been called Bomaye all instead of kill them all right yeah maybe I, it is maybe if you translate it to swahili maybe that's what i mean i called. don't understand why they didn't call it that would have sold better yeah but my all that could be the name of the of the episode we'll see um and if we had somebody that uh was good at graphics we'd have like a mock uh album and everything but you i already have the gens harass me when's this episode drop when's the episode dropping so uh we got to hurry up and drop it i guess people need our picks all right let's tell you about williams first Nine to five with one no contest, seven knockouts, one submission. He's zero and two in the UFC. He won via submission. Lost, sorry, lost via submission in his last fight. I thought he only fought once. I forgot. He's already he's already lost twice. Uh, he's was on the contender series. He took one of those guys that took three cracks at it. One one with one no contest in the contender series. He was two and zero in Bellator. He was a DH champ. I've written down here. What's DH, Dan? DH. Yes, that's what I have written that's, down, and I don't. Ooh. That's one I don't know. Yeah. Uh, now I'm going to have to look it up because I can't understand. Hang on. Know this hang on. D, D, oh, Dragon House 28. He won. There you go. Dragon there you go. So obviously, Dragon, we're going to pick him. Dragon House. What a dumb name for Dragon House. So we got to pick him. He what also fought name. for other really good organizations like West Coast FC and Tachi Palace and like yep. Bellator. Like, those are good organizations. Yep. It's great that he was a Dragon House champ. He was a Dragon House champ, plus 260. Uh, Ian Gary is the future. We'll have to see if Dan believes that or not in a second. I think I, we actually talked about him a while back when he when he when uh, this fight was announced, and I think we both agreed he is the future. He's 7-0, four knockouts, one submission. This will be his debut fight. He was the Cage Warriors champion, which is a uh, organization we're not laughing at. Uh, he's minus 375. Gary is obviously the pick. They're giving him a layup to start off, right? Usually they yeah. give these people hard fights, these cage warriors people, but they seem to be giving him an easy one here. Uh, yeah, they do. So I will say this. Sometimes it feels like they're giving cage warrior guys tough fights. Like they did with Jai Herbert, right? Like Jai Herbert came to the UFC. And Rice McKee. 
Reese, well, Reese yeah, McKee, yeah. Poor, poor Reese McKee. Reese yeah, McKee, Jai Herbert, both those guys got like tough goes. But I will say, when they, I, I think when they feel like they have a group that uh, they feel like they can exploit, and I, I don't mean exploit in a bad way, but they they feel yeah. like they can reach a market. Yeah. They seem to go all out for that market, and uh, they seem to be willing to give them a layup fight now. Ian Gary's from Ireland, so yep. automatically we don't have a lot of Irish stars right now. We saw it a little bit with Welsh fighters when they first came over, seemed to get kind of a layup. Not Mason Jones, but, like, some of the other ones, like early Brett Johns or um, John Phillips or, or whoever, although not John Phillips towards the end of his career, but but definitely at the beginning of coming to the UFC, a little bit easier path. Um, and and we saw with Patty Pimblett, right, where they wanted a guy from Liverpool, uh, you know, a, a scouser who who's going to like blow that audience up. Whereas like Jai Herbert's from like Black Country, and and like the, the, there's not, I don't think, a huge market that they were looking to capitalize on. So yeah, I think they are giving him a layup here. I I personally really like Jordan Williams. I think he's a great guy, and I've lauded his wrestling in the past. But he looks so bad wrestling against Mickey Gall last time out, and his striking is already not his strength. Um, so I I think Ian Gary is just going to do whatever he wants in this fight and win it in whatever way he plans. What does, what is uh, Ian Gary known for? What should people be looking for? From him? I mean, like he, he, the, the cool thing about him and why I think he is so good is he can kind of finish it anywhere. He, he is, um he's won a couple of times with like really nice head kicks. Yep. Um, but I, I also really do love his ground game, right? Like I, uh, I'm trying to remember what cage warriors I was watching when he got his rear naked choke and like, He's won by rear naked choke. He's won by grounded pound. Like, he can take it to the ground and has, I would say the wrestling, maybe not my favorite part, but, like, his work on the ground is really skilled. But he also just can, like, straight up knock you out. So, I mean, like, I like him in so many different facets, and that's kind of why I think he's so hyped, is that it's, like, he's not a specialist. He's just really good in a whole bunch of places. So, uh, yeah, like, that's a nightmare matchup for Jordan Williams, as long as he can stay off the mat, um, off his own back. And even if he falls to his own back, I think he'd probably be fine. So he's one of the new breed that are good at everything. So, um, I think so, is, yeah. Yeah, which is where the sport um, probably is headed. Um, apparently, they may be wanting to court the Irish market, but I don't think the UFC is looking to court the Armenian market based on the next matchup. Um Edmund Shabazian on a two-fight losing streak. They, they gave him another tough one here uh, versus Nasruddin Imavov at middleweight. Um, Shabazian's the golden boy. I don't know how much longer we'll be able to call him that, though. And Imavov is the Russian sniper. I would take a Russian sniper over a golden boy any day of the week. Um, all right, Shabazian, 11-2. and two, Nine knockouts, one submission. Four and two in the UFC. However, those last two losses... Um, sorry, those two losses have come in his last two fights. He lost to, can I remember without looking it up? Probably not. Derek, Derek Brunson, I think, was one. Derek, yes, Derek Jeff, Brunson Jeff and Jeff Jack Manson, yeah. Yeah, so they are getting, yeah, they, they apparently have issues with uh, <laughs> and even though Ronda Rousey is, is his manager and mentor. But um, he's been nothing but tough matches for this guy. Um, he came into the UFC on the Contender Series, where he went 1-0. He's two years younger than Imabov, plus 100, so even money for him. Imavov, 10-3, four knockouts, four submissions, two on the UFC. He's got win-loss win. He won the TKO his last fight. He was the TFL champ, Dan. TFL. And it's got to be a, a organization in Europe, right, from from his days you back think. in Europe. Oh, yes, this one's got a great name. Oh, wait, it's no. Another, if, another, we talked about this one on a different one. Was this Thunderstrike Fight yes, League? Thunder. Yeah, we I think we talked about this last time with him. <laughs> yeah, we've we've gone to ACDC now. He's uh, Thunderstrike Fight League. Yes, that's the perfect European um, European name for a league. So, um, all right, let me tell you about Blitzkrieg Fight Night or something. Like that. Yeah, exactly. Another <laughs> hey, that's another Metallica song. Wow, this is the metal episode, everybody. Um, all right, he used to fight at welterweight, one inch of height, one inch reach, striking and active striking stats in his favor, minus 125. Um, I'm going Imabov. I'm, I'm saying Shabazian's going to lose three straight. This is a yeah. very tough matchup for him. I, I agree with you. I, I'm I'm completely sold on Imabov. And, and the funny thing is, too, 
is I think I I fell off of him a little bit when he lost to Phil Hawes because I I you remember notoriously I faded Phil Hawes like yes. hundred times um, and won't anymore. We're gonna talk about him yes. in a second, and I'm gonna pick him. So there, there's a spoiler. Um, but like in retrospect, he lost that by majority decision. One judge had it a draw. Um, and he looked really good doing it. Uh, and, and then he bounces back by just like flatlining Ian Heinish, um, which is just really impressive. The problem here for me, for Edmund Shabazian is like, he's going to have to strike with, with Imovov, right? Like he, I, I don't hold out any hope that Edmund Shabazian is going to take him down. Uh, and I don't think he can strike with him. So the, the problem for me with Shabazian is he's kind of been figured out in that, like his wrestling defense isn't that good. And uh, if if he himself can't get his striking going, it it winds up being a really tough night for him. And I don't think he will here. So uh, yeah, I'm all over Imovov on this one. Yeah. It is another tough one. You're not going to cut him after three losses, are they? I don't think so just because of who it's to, you know, the first two being the top five guys in the, yeah. the middleweight division. And then I think, you know, with this win, Imovov probably has to be ranked in the UFC's official rankings. You you would imagine. Yeah. He, he's got to be pretty damn close. Um, although, is Phil Haas yet either? Like, Phil Haas probably should be too, if, if that's the We case. should talk about Phil Haas. Let's, you really want to talk to him. Let, let's talk about him, because he's pretty good at fighting. Middleweights. <laughs> Very next fight, middleweight, Phil Haas. Dan Lozman kicks him every time he gets a chance to. Um, he's Megatron, and he's fighting Chris Curtis, the action man. That's weak. Megatron, <laughs> Megatron is the pick there. All right. I, I was incorrect earlier. This is another short notice one. Um, Curtis is taking this short notice. Short notice debut. Actually, he was supposed to fight. Not supposed to, but he, it was proposed that he step in and fight Haas, what, about a month ago? Um, like a day before the fight, and Haas turned it down. So they're fighting now instead. Um, Curtis, he, did weigh, he did weigh in, though, for that fight, okay. which is pretty damn impressive. Yes. Good for him. So proud of the action, man. He's uh, 26-8, 14 knockouts, one submission. This will be a short-notice debut, a little less than a month. Uh, I, I consider short-notice anything less than a month. So he just just gets in under the wire there. Uh, he's won five straight fights. He was in the PFL where he went one and three. He was on the Contender Series where he went one and oh. He was the Fight Night champ. He also was the CSS, CES champ, also was the PMMAC champ. Do you know that one? I don't. I do. I knew CES. Uh, as a matter of fact, I had everywhere. I had seen him in the CES title fight, so... Uh... Live, but I, I oh, don't yeah. know that other one. Premier wait, wait. MMA championship. Oh yeah, that one's in Springfield. That's that's the organization where he fought a dude named um. Yeah, so that's like not that far from where I live. Uh, and he fought a dude named Portland Pringle, um, which is oh my gosh, Portland Pringle, Portland Pringle the third or the fourth or something like that. It's, oh, it's that's a, amazing. Great, great MMA name. That is fantastic. Um, all right, if you, if you want the action, man, the action on him, ha ha ha, it's plus two sixty. Um. Megatron Haas, 11-2, seven knockouts, two submissions, 3-0 and in the UFC. I think we picked against him every fight, or at least Dan did. Uh, 1-1 in the Contender Series. He's won seven straight fights, 1-0 Bellator, 1-1 in World Series of Fighting. He's a pro, a pro Muay Thai fighter, he was. Minus 350. I got to go with Haas. Why, yeah. uh, why are we impressed with Haas now, Dan? Why have we turned the corner on him? I mean, like, he has he shored up a couple of the things that I was worried about with his defense. Um, he, he seems to have addressed what I was concerned originally with the cardio issue. Um, he's quick. He's fast. We are, always knew he was explosive. Um, but, like, the, the technical aspects that maybe made you worry a little bit about those things seem to have gone away. And, and the other reason why you just, like, clearly have to pick him in this one, and, and this is no offense to Chris Curtis, because I really do like Chris Curtis, too. He's, like, a fun journeyman story about getting to the UFC so late in your career. Um, He's a welterweight. He's not a middleweight. So, like, he took a fight on short notice to get into the UFC, and yeah. then when they didn't accept that fight, he didn't think he was going to get to keep his contract. He thought he was being released. So when they came back to him and were like, are you still willing to fight Phil Haas just later? So Phil Haas has some time to get ready for you. He was like, of course, because it's his way into the UFC. His, his I, I think, stated goal for the future is most likely back to welterweight unless this fight goes really well for him. And, and I just, I, I don't think that it will, right? Like, if you're a nope. smaller guy up against a physical specimen like Phil Haas, who's worked out his gas tank issues, like, you just got to imagine Haas rolls really easily here. There you go. This next one was a little tough for me. Pick lightweights. Ally Quinta is back. 
uh, the the realtor is back in the cage versus Bobby Green, King Bobby Green, Raging Ally Quinta. Uh, Ray Janelle, 14, 6, and 1, 7 knockouts, 1 submission. He's been subbed three times in his career, 9 and 5 in the UFC. He's lost his last two, and he's only won one of his last four. He has not fought since October 2019. He was on the Ultimate Fighter. We went 4 and 0 and then lost in the finals. He was the ROC champ. You know ROC, right? Bring a combat. There you go. Plus 140. Uh, King Bobby Green, 27, 12, 1, 9 knockouts, 8 submissions, 8, 7, and 1 in the UFC. He's lost his last two, um, but before that, he had won three straight. So he's won three of his last five. He was 4-1 strike force. He's the KOTC champ. You know that one, right? King of the cage. There you go. How about TFA? He was the TFA champ also. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I wanted to say Thunder Strike Fight Academy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's American, so it won't be that fun probably. Um, what is TFA? <sighs> I'm trying to find it. I don't. Total Fighting Alliance maybe? Total fight, total fighting sure, line. Sure, yeah. that's not, that sounds real. <laughs> the internet's never wrong, and that's what it's at. So, anyhow, he was the champ there too. Uh, he's inch of reach on IQ. Just striking an active striking stats in his favor. Favor, uh, not not your eye favor. In his favor, uh, striking an active striking stats, grappling stats in his favor, and minus one ninety three. Can't believe it, but I'm taking Bobby Green. Everything is leaning in his way, and I don't think I is going to be able to utilize his his wrestling on him. Well, I'm going to differ with you on this one. Okay. Actually, I'm I'm going to go with the Ayakinta mostly because I think uh, if it's the Ayakinta we saw previously, I, I think you got to pick him. Um, like, I, I, I think, you know, we mentioned him being one in three in his last four fights, but look at look at who those fights are against, too, right? Like, he lost to Dan Hooker. He lost to Habib. He lost to – I mean, one of them is the Cowboy. I guess that one's not such a good loss. But, like, he also then beat up Kevin Lee. Um, and, yeah, Kevin Lee just lost to Daniel Rodriguez or something like that. But Daniel Rodriguez is better than Bobby Green. Um, yep. So, like, I think Ayakinta here, while you said you, you're not sure he can get his wrestling going – you're right. I'm not positive he can get his wrestling going either, but like Bobby Green had a really bad time with his wrestling the last two times out. Um in fighting guys like, you know, Rafael Fiziev and Tiago Moises. Um he also got outboxed by Moises, which is a little bit alarming to me too. Um, you know, he, and in the past he's been outboxed by Jerkar Closa and, and Francisco Trinaldo and guys like that. So I think Ayakinta's boxing's good enough, and yeah, I'm a little bit worried about him being one foot out the door, but I think if, if he comes out looking like we used to see him fight, I think he should be Bobby Green. All right. I'm not totally sold on my pick, but I'm going with it anyway because usually I'm right and Dan's wrong as, as long-time, <laughs> listeners, long-time listeners of the pod know. Um, Dan's just waiting for that calendar to, to turn to 2022 and uh, the slate to be clean again. All right, the main event is middleweights, Alex Pereira versus Andreas Michalaitis. Um, the Spartan is Michalaitis, and Pereira is Poatan. I have no idea what that means. Do you have any idea about his nickname, Dan? P-O-A-T-A-N. I, I think that's one of the names he went as as a kickboxer. You know how kickboxers sometimes like don't go by their real names? Yeah. It's, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's one of those, but okay. I, then, then I don't know where that comes from, but I don't sure. know where any of them come from, to be fair. so There you go. Um, we'll go with Michaelitis first. 13-4, seven knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out himself four times. All of his last come be a knockout. Uh, maybe foreshadowing here. Uh, 1-1 in the UFC. He won his last fight. He used to fight at light heavyweight. This is down at middleweight. 0-1 Bellator. He was the CS champ and the EFL champ. Do you know either of those? Say I can't the, be bothered looking these up. Say, CS or EFL. I, the, I can't be bothered looking up. The CS in the EFL. <laughs> Oh, EFL is European Fight League, I think. Yeah, that's what I would have guessed. I but I don't know I, what CS is. We'll just leave it. Who cares, right, everybody? Doesn't help us make our picks. So anyhow, he's been a champ all over the place. Uh, he's a year younger than Pereira, plus 200. Pereira, the much-heralded kickboxer, is coming into the UFC. This is his debut. He's won uh, three straight MMA fights. He's 3-1 as a pro after dropping his debut. He's won them all via knockout. Uh, he's 33-7 and in kickboxing, where he's a champion, and he famously beat... Israel Adesanya twice. That's all that people seem to talk about. Um, he was also one to know in boxing. Four inches of height, four inches of reach. Minus 260. If you want to know more, more about him, go to uh, our site, MMA-Manifesto.com. Read the article that Gumby wrote about him. Um, Pereira, I have not seen him fight, um, but I'm trusting his, his resume and his credentials that he's going to get the job done here. 
Yeah, he's a damn good kickboxer. Um, yeah. you, you mentioned not just two wins against Israel Adesanya in kickboxing. He also beat Dustin Jacoby in a kickboxing match. Right. Um, knocked him out in two minutes. He, he's got great knockout power. I think Nikolaitis has probably got to wrestle him here. And and I'm not sold on, on Pereira here as being, like, a contender at, at middleweight, um, which I think the UFC is kind of counting on. They want that rematch with AZ or whatever. Um, but, like, I am not sold on his ability to stop a takedown. I just don't think Michaelitis is the right person to try to use one, uh, and he gets knocked out all the time. So you got a guy with crazy knockout power and great kickboxing, and the guy with a, a crappy chin, and uh, you know, a, a not particularly great wrestling. So yeah, you go with the kickboxer here by knockout. There you go. That is the pick, and that wraps up the prelims. We will get you the main card. Sponsor free, but last two sponsors first before we get there. Price picks are back. Have you heard about Price picks? Price picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Price picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Price picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown in, in basketball. Obviously, all those things are basketball. Uh, all of your users, all of your users that deposit and use your promo code will receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to hundred bucks. Just be sure to use promo code SGP. You here's how it goes: you pick two to five players, and you can over under on their projections, and then you can win ten times on uh, ten times your money on any entry. It's just basically you versus the projection numbers. You're not going against anybody else or the house or anything like that. You're, you're picking players. You're picking whether or not. Like in baseball, we were picking whether or not they were getting over one and a half hits and walks per game, that type of thing. So that's what you do for all the other sports also. Um, Price Picks allows mixed sport entries also. So you can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the very same entry. Use the award win the app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com and use promo code SGP to get your 100% instant deposit match up to $100 or go to the App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you're in the App Store and you haven't done it already, download the SGPN app. Uh, we are now live in the App Store and Google Play. The app gives easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And if you could be so nicest to send us an app review after you download it that would be much appreciated all right main card these guys have been moved to the opener lightweights justin gaethje versus michael chandler uh, gaethje is the highlight chandler is iron iron mike which is not a good nickname because you stole it from someone so um we'll break down chandler first 22 and 6 10 knockouts seven submissions he's been knocked out himself four times he's one on one in the ufc he won via sorry he got tk out his last fight um that was the title fight against the champ, um, Charles Oliveira. Oliveira, actually, is how you say it. Uh, he was in Bellator for a long time, 18 and 5, where he was their champ multiple times over. He also was in Strike Force briefly, where he went 2 0. Used to fight at welterweight. He was a wrestling champ in college. Into reach on Gaethje, grappling stats in his favor, plus 165. Gaethje is the highlight, 22 and 3, 19 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out himself twice, so two out of his three losses have come via knockout. He's 5-3 in the UFC. He lost via submission his last fight. That was to, was it to that Habib guy, Dan? It was to that Habib guy. Uh, I think he's he's from Dagestan. Yes, he's one of those guys. He's a coach, I think, now. Um, That was back in October 2020. He's gone 4-1 over his last five fights. He was in the World Series of Fighting where he's 10-0 and and was their champ. So we got World Series of Fighting champ versus Bellator champ. He also was a wrestling champ in college. Three inches of height, two years younger. Striking and active striking stats in his favor, minus 210. I've been hogging, take, making all my picks first, so we'll let you go first here, Dan. I, I'm going to go with Justin Gaethje. Um, you know, I like Michael Chandler's ability to wrestle. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Gaethje's takedown defense if it does come to that. Because let's be honest, Justin Gaethje's takedown defense looked pretty terrible, and, and his defensive jiu-jitsu looked pretty terrible against uh against Habib. Habib's kind of a different animal, though, and I'm not sure that Chandler is going to go in there and try to wrestle him. In addition to that, Chandler getting peased up by Charles Oliveira on the feet, like, isn't a good sign. It's not a good look. Does it, Nobody really sees Charles Oliveira as, like, this big knockout artist, right? Like, no. he, he's, he's a submission guy, and he's got adequate boxing and good Muay Thai, but, like, he's not out there trying to knock your block off, and that's precisely what he did to Michael Chandler. So, as a result, I, I kind of don't think that Michael Chandler is going to take a bunch of blows from Justin Gaethje because Gaethje is fully prepared to take one, to give one. 
Um, and he can take him. Uh, and I'm not sure that Michael Chandler can. Yep. So I, I kind of think if it devolves into a brawl, I, I think that really favors Gaethje. Yeah, I definitely uh, – I'm going with Gaethje also and definitely could be a knockout uh, prop here. Um, moving on, Bantamweights, Frankie Edgar. Yes, he's still around versus Marlon Vera, uh, Chito Vera, and Frankie the Answer Edgar. Um, Frankie Edgar, 24-9-1, seven knockouts, four submissions. Um, what else can I tell you? 18-9-1 at nine and one in the UFC. He's won one of his last four fights. He got KO'd his last fight. Uh, he used to be the champion at lightweight, so he used to fight at lightweight. Then he went down to featherweight, didn't win it there. Then he went down to bantamweight. Uh, he made his UFC debut in 2007. He the R- was the RFL champ. You know RFL? Yeah, it was Renaissance or re- 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 something Fight League. Um, isn't that what? Oh no, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong one. You said RFL? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of RSA. No, nope. yeah, that's right. I can't remember what RFL is. Who cares, right? Who cares? <laughs> and yeah, he was a champ. Uh, plus 142. Uh, Cheeto Vera, 17-7-1, six knockouts, eight submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 11-6 in the UFC. Over his last four, he's got a loss, win, loss, win. He won his last fight. He also used to fight at Bantamweight, or sorry, Featherweight. This is at Bantamweight. He's 1-0 in the Ultimate Fighter. He's two inches taller, two inches reach, 11 years younger. More active striker. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 180. Uh, I cannot trust uh, Frankie Edgar, especially going against a young guy. So Vera is the pick. I'm going to go with Frankie Edgar. Really? Yeah, I think so. Like, I I mean, like, I've not really been impressed with Marlon Vera. Um, Like, yeah, he went out there and outstruck Davy Grant for three rounds, but, like, never put Davy Grant in any trouble and, like, he beat Sean O'Malley, but it was mostly because of the drop foot thing, and he's not gonna, that, that's not going to happen twice, although I said that about Ricardo Hamos just spinning elbows too. But, like, <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like, I can't think of any performance from Marlon Vera that, like, instilled confidence in me. Like, he was he was not in that Jose Aldo fight. Not in that even remotely in that Jose Aldo fight. And am I saying Frankie Edgar is Jose Aldo? No, I'm not saying that at all. He's never been Jose Aldo. He never will be Jose Aldo. But... I think he's a lot closer to Jose Aldo than Marlon Vera is. Um, like, I, I don't think you would watch a Jose Aldo, uh, Frankie Edgar fight, e- even this year. Like, e- even now, all these years later, I don't think you would match those two up, and it would look like Frankie wasn't in his class. And that's what it looked like to Marlon Vera. I, I can't imagine Marlon Vera using any grappling. I could imagine Frankie doing it. Like, Frankie's still a good wrestler. Um, you know, like, maybe... Frankie's a touch slower on the feet now, but I'm not sure that a touch slower Frankie Edgar is still not somewhat faster than Marwin Vera. So, um, and yeah, like the dog money definitely sways me here too. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna go with Frankie Edgar. As I went with Frankie Edgar and Hela Kita here. It better be yep. a New York, New Jersey day. <laughs> yeah, and it's East Coast bias is coming through. Um, yeah, I will. I'll take my chances betting against Frankie Edgar uh, till the end of his career. That's that's quite all right. So. Um, moving on, featherweights, Shane Burgos versus Billy Quarantillo. I think we may differ on our picks here, too. Um, Quarantillo, 16-3, seven knockouts, five submissions, 4-1 in the UFC. He won via TKO his last fight. He's 1-1 on the Ultimate Fighter, 1-0 in Contender Series. KOTC champ, we know what that is. We already said it, King of the Cage. SOFC champ, do you know that one? S-O-F-C. Fighting championship, I'll guess that part. Yeah, I don't know. S-O... Nah, I got nothing. You're killing me here, Dan. Just killing me. He used to fight at lightweight, plus 165. Uh, Hurricane is Burgos. Hurricane Shane Burgos. 13-3, five knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out himself twice. He's 6-3 and three in the UFC. He's lost his last two fights, though. He got KO'd in his last fight. He's won three of his last five. Inch taller, five inches reach, three years younger, active striker, minus 210. Uh, I waffled a bit, but I, I'm counting on Burgos. Um getting back in the winning track here. I'll, I'll take the chalk here, and Dan's going to take the plus money, I bet. Yeah, I am going to take the you, plus you money. You have a lot of dogs. You thought you weren't you're going all Yeah, but, but again, I, I first of all, some of them are like barely dogs, right? Like what, yeah, well, well, Frankie's barely a dog, right? So here's why I'm worried about Shane Burgos, right? Like Josh Emmett took him down. Makwan Amir Khan, took him down. Those were pretty easy guys to have him take down. And I think Billy Quarantillo wrestles just as good as those guys. 
Um, and maybe even holds fighters down better than Makwan Amirakani. Like, people get up against Amirakani all the time. I think Billy Quarantillo does a better job of holding them down. The people who do well against Billy Quarantillo are, like, Gavin Tucker, who's, like, a good offensive wrestler in his own right, and, like, beats him to the punch. And I'm not sure that, like, like obviously Shane Burgos isn't going to do that, but I'm not sure that Shane Burgos' style plays well in that. I'm also really worried that Shane Burgos is fucked up from that Edson Barboza fight. Like, and I know that, like, you, it's all wild speculation that somebody is just, like, no longer himself. But that was a scary knockout, right? Like, he got hit with that right hook and, like, just squared off and stood there for 10 seconds and then, like, passed out. Yeah. Um, it, it was really, truly terrifying. I'm worried that that changed him and he doesn't want to get hit anymore. Um, and that that's obviously speculation. There's, there's nothing I can do to prove that and think that it's a, a good piece of analysis here. But... It worries me enough, and then when you add in the fact that I think he's at a wrestling disadvantage, I do like Quarantillo here um, with the dog money. All right. No, it's uh, all very good points. We will know on Saturday whether or not uh, your theory is true or not. Um, now we go to these. We have two title fights, real title fights, no interims here. Both rematches. Um, like I said, I don't know if we really needed rematches in both of these because uh, we had decisive winners in the first bout. But nonetheless, women's starweight, Rose Namajunas. Um, Knocked out former champ Zhang Weili. How long was it? It was like, what, two minutes or something, right? Yeah, it was a quick one. It was a quick one. Well, they're back. They're running back. Uh, Magnum is Zhang's name. And Thug Rose, obviously, is Rose Nama Yunus. Uh, we'll tell you about the challenger first, Magnum. 21-2, 10 knockouts, 7 submissions, 5-1 in the UFC. Uh, she was the strawweight champ until she got knocked out. in her last. That was her last fight. She also was the KFL champ, which I don't know what KFL is. Oh, actually, it is. It's like... Kun Fun or something like that, isn't it? Kun Loon or Kun yeah, Loon like Fight League, yeah. yeah. Also was the top FC champ. I've heard of that place. Um, That's in Korea. Yep. Used to fight at Flyweight. Uh, she was a pro kickboxer where she was 2-2. Two and two. She's more active striker of the two, minus 122 is what the comeback on her. And then the champ, Rose, Thug Rose. 10-4, two knockouts, five submissions, 8-3 and three in the UFC. She's been the champ twice now. She's won two straight fights. Last one via knockout against uh, Zhang. Three and zero in the Ultimate Fighter. Two and zero in Invicta before that. Inch taller, two inches of reach. Three years younger. Grappling stats in her favor. Um, yeah, I. This is. Do you have a decisive pick for this one? Because I bounced back and forth in on this one. Yeah, I, I think I settled on Rosnami Yunus on her. I, I really have liked her performances in every rematch she's had far more she than I've liked one her. Ever. Well, and, and it's not just that, but, like, all of the performances look so much better, right? Like, yeah. e- even if you go back to when she beat Tisha Torres, like, her original loss to Tisha Torres obviously was three years before she eventually beat Tisha. Um, but, like, it seems like she figures something out about you after she's seen you strike a little bit. Right. You saw that with Jan Jacek, too. Like, again, quick knockout the first time. Second time, she just seemed to have her number and, like, picked her apart. Andrade, she got into, like, some bad scrambles and into some bad grappling exchanges. Figured it out the next time. Had the footwork done. I think you probably attribute a lot of that to Matt Whitman. Not Matt Whitman. I went to a college with Matt Whitman. Uh, Whitman. Trevor Whitman. (laughs) Handsome Matt Wyman. Um, No, uh, Trevor Whitman, rather. Uh, I think he just, like, is a great coach when it comes to these things. So uh, I think she's probably going to pick Wei Li Zhang apart. I think she's going to fight from the outside. I think she's going to have a decent time doing it. See, I switched my pick like about three times while you were talking there too. So um, official pick, I'll go Rose. Never lost a rematch, like you said. Uh, got a tactician in her corner. Um, yeah, Didn't I don't just know. change fight camps either too. That That's a bonus for me. Like Whaley yeah. just changed fight camps. That and never goes well. This loss seems to really have affected her, too. Like, she hasn't seemed to take it very well, so, which is never, you don't like her mental space, uh, it seems. Um, is she still a commie, though? I haven't heard, Dan. Oh, God. Rose Oof. hasn't told us anything about it this time. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, maybe, maybe we stay away from that one this, in this All right. Fine. Fine, you Americans and your problem with commies. All right, moving on. This is another rematch that we had a decisive winner in, but we're running it back anyhow. Welterweights, Kamaro Usman, the ch- Camp versus Colby Covington. Covington is chaos. Usman is an Nigerian nightmare or Marty, if you are um, 
that guy with the curly hair who called him Marty, Ben Askren. Um, all right, we'll tell you about Chaos Covington first. Um, he's an agent of Chaos. He's 16-2, and two, four knockouts, four submissions, 11-2 and two in the UFC. He won via TKO his last fight. That was, what, Tyrone Woodley, correct? Yeah. was September of 2020. Um, my main issue with him is he doesn't fight much anymore. He just talks. Uh, he was a collegiate wrestling champ. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 230. The champ, Kamaru Usman, 19-1, nine knockouts, one submission, 14-0 in the UFC. He's successfully defended his title four times already, including against Covington, where he, he TKO'd him back in 2019. Uh, he's won two straight fights via TKO. He was 2-0 on the Ultimate Fighter and one uh, season he was on. He also was a collegiate wrestling champ. One inch of height, four inches of reach. Striking stats and active striking stats in his favor, minus 300. Um, I will go with Usman, even though Covington, I think, was ahead in a bunch of scorecards their last fight before he got knocked out. Um, Usman's just a supercharged version of Covington in my eyes. Uh, Covington really doesn't do anything better than Usman. He's more active than Usman. I'll, I'll give him that. Um, but Usman's got more power, and he seems to be getting better with every fight. So he is my pick. It's another Trevor Whitman thing, right? Like he, he oh, has gotten he's gotten better. At, yeah, we, we you, here's a fun parlay for you guys. I, I'm going to jump the gun here. Go with the Trevor Whitman trio. Uh, Kamara Usman, uh, Justin Gaethje, Rose Namajunas. Um, I, I actually really like that parlay. I, I think he's going to have a good night. Um, and, uh, you know, he continues to get better. His striking's getting better. Some of that is cage time. You know, you, people might not have liked his first fight with Jorge Masvidal, but he learned a lot in that fight, came out the second time and just absolutely blasted him. Same with the the Gilbert Burns fight. Learned a lot about his striking, figured out some things about his grappling, and, like, came back better the fight after that. I, I think Colby not fighting is going to mess with his timing worse than he even realizes, and he's going to see the improvement on Usman. He's going to eat a lot of punches. I think Usman overwhelms him. I, I will say I'm not thrilled about this number. Negative 300 is, is no. kind of steep on Usman, but yeah. Yeah. I, I am still going to pick him. Yeah, and Covington, who knows if he's getting better. He doesn't fight anymore. That's the problem. He's been fighting consistently, and he's been just taking apart anyone who they put in front of him. So he has a pick. Dan gave you a parlay already, the Trevor Whitman special. Any other parlays or props you want to give the peeps? Yeah, first of all, I can't even imagine that Jean Valente would fight for 15 minutes nonstop. I I really (laughs) – I can't. I can't can't envision a situation where that dude fights for 15 minutes – with that being said, you can get Huggy Bear Barnett uh, by TKO plus 255. Um, I, I, I think that's a fun play. Um, it'll give you something fun to root for that, like, maybe one of those spinning back kicks will land. Um, yep. I also really like uh, Alex Pereira by knockout as well. Um, if you just want to start by just picking him by knockout, you can get that at negative 115-ish, which is not too bad. But also, if you want him in round one, you can get that at plus 204, uh, or 205, rather. And and I think that that's probably how he's going to knock out Megalitis. Might as well take him in first round. So uh, you can get plus 255 on on Huggy Bear there, and obviously uh, plus 205 on the first round prop for Alex Pereira. And for our 10-to-1 parlay, here are the people who I like. Oh, yes. One. We have to have that. we got to have the 10-to-1. It's, it's our new gimmick. Let's start with Ian Gary. That seems like an easy one to just start building yep. something. Uh, we, we both said we like Nasori Mabov. Let's put him yep. in there. Um, Good number. Pereira's number is not bad either. You know, like it, it's in the mid-200s. That, that's a pretty good one there. Um, let's see. Who else do, were we both in on? Doo, doo, doo. Um, oh, let's throw Huggy Bear in there. Yeah. Why not throw Huggy Bear in there? Why not? And then... Um, <laughs> One more, one more. Ah, let's go with uh, let's go with Thug Rose. Um, and so if you went with Ian Gary, the Sordi Mualbaf, Alex Pereira, Huggy Bear Barnett, and Rose Namajunas, you're actually going to get thirteen to one. Uh, wow. I went a little a little hard in the paint for you guys today, but that five person parlay, thirteen to one. Feel free to trail me on that one. And Dan, all that uh, calculation was in your head, right? Uh, no, I, I've got the, I will say, uh, best fight odds. If you, you guys don't use best fight odds, first of all, you should, uh, they're great for seeing, 
um, how lines move and shit like that to you. Um, yep. But like they also have a parlay yep. tool where you can just turn hit turn the parlay button on and like click different numbers and it it does the calculation for you. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> there you go. Um, whose turn is it to go first with their lock? I can't remember. I always I be- forget this. Sympathy. I believe it. I think it's your turn this time. Oh dear. Um, all right, Ian Gary. Numbers number is pretty high, but um, I think he's he's my biggest lock on the card, so I'll take Ian Gary. I'll take Phil Hawes because I think he's even a bigger lock and a lower number. Um, there you go. Yeah, I like and you've him. and you've been burned what two two or three times by him already. So now a, a lot of times, a lot of times he's burned. <laughs> a lot of thirteen time parlay. No, he's been yeah he, he's been looking very good. He look, he's been looking like a Megatron, you could say, or whatever a Megatron is. All right, we did it. We put this one to bag because we didn't have to talk about that contender series that got canceled. So, because <laughs> um, people are uh, like I said, I have multiple people uh, um, ask me when's the episode going to drop. So I appreciate everyone, um, everyone being uh, so into the podcast and and waiting uh, with bated breath on our um, on our picks. So we'll get this to yours as soon as possible. In the mean, not in the meantime, after you listen to that, you can read my. Right up, it will be um, on sportsgamblingpodcast.com on Thursday. Um, and then what else can I tell you about? Listen to Dan's podcast, Prelim Primer, Top Turtle MMA. Um, what else can I tell you about? Hmm. MMA-Manifesto. Go to their website that we, we MMA website that we write for. Um, enter our pick'em contest if you can. Um Read our articles. You know, not much else. I'm dying out here. Uh, and then Twitter, Jeff Fox writer. He's going to be brilliant. Since I'm dying out, I'm going to make you uh, send everyone home. <laughs> All right. I'm Dan Gumby Freeland. He is Juicy Jeff Fox. And we'll catch you with another episode on Sunday.